Big shout out to all of you that were part of 100 Days Stronger. We did it. You did it. And that deserves a big yay you. Now, it doesn't matter if you met or achieved all of your goals. What matters is that you kept showing up day after day and going after it. And that, my friend, is a win because every step that you took forward was a step towards strength. Here are some thoughts from some of you. Hi, Susan. I have successfully stayed off of Facebook for 100 days and I've gotten more focused on praying. I was really good at eliminating sugar until Christmas baking, but I know how much better I feel and I am when I stick to my challenge. Thank you for your daily message and encouragement. Happy New Us. Another person, I saved so much money these past 100 days as I only spent for necessities. No extra spending here. Hi, Susan. I am thankful to have become stronger in catching my negative self-talk. What a difference this has made in my attitude and my outlook on life. Hi, Susan. I have loved every day of the past 100 days. I look forward to reading each and every email, and it's the first email I open every day. While I haven't made significant changes, I have stayed committed and I'm confident that these simple yet powerful motivations have helped me to start my day on a positive note, no matter what else is going on and I will miss them. Thank you so much for doing this. What you're doing is fabulous. Another person, feeling stronger and feeling more comfortable in my clothes after losing 20 plus pounds the past 100 days. Hi, Susan. Thank you for always encouraging me to always keep going. Looking forward to what 2018 has in store. To which I respond with, me too. I can't wait to see all that this year holds for each and every one of us. Hey everyone, um, this is part two of Seasons. So if you have not listened to the previous pad, podcast, <laughs> nice accent, podcast, um, then you might want to go back and listen to that because that's part one and you might feel like you're j- kind of jumping into a thought if you don't go listen to that first. So go listen to that and then jump back over. Um, but anyway, I want to continue on that thought about seasons because it's so important that we do discern what season we're in. Because if we're struggling and we're fighting where we're at in life, then that just kind of keeps us stuck. So there's nothing wrong. I mean, each season holds its own beauty. And the sooner that we realize that, then the sooner we can grasp and learn everything that each season has for us and be grateful for each season. We also talked about spiritual struggles or spiritual warfare in seasons. And one of the verses was from Galatians 6, 9 that says, don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. Because a lot of times when we find ourselves stuck in a season of spiritual struggle and we're confused about why we're there and we're not happy at all that we are there, that's the time that we've got to stand on the truth that we know and continue to plant good seeds. Because I think what happens is we get frustrated in that season because we don't want to be there. And it's kind of like we just stop living our life and being who we're called to be and stop doing those things that we know to do because we're kind of like, I'm just going to shut down till I get out of the season. And that keeps us stuck. 
I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with um, the term self-awareness or being self-aware. I feel like the last couple of years I've heard a lot of people talk about this and I've actually never stopped and even looked up what it actually means. Um, I just know when I've listened to people talk about it, I could very much relate to what they were saying and felt like I kind of had a general understanding of what it meant, but I did look up a few facts just to share with you in case it's not something you're familiar with. Um, So I'll share a couple of those. Um, One was self-awareness is the thinking skill that focuses on accurately judging our performance and behavior, having a clear perception of your personality, including strengths, weaknesses, thoughts, beliefs, motivations, and emotions. Um, Self-awareness allows you to understand other people, how they perceive you, your attitude, and your responses to them in the moment. Um, let's see, observing one's thoughts, feelings, decisions, roles, relationships. So basically it is us being aware of why we do what we do. That's kind of the bottom line for it. How I would say that very simply. And the, the reason I want to bring that up today to continue our thought on seasons and spiritual struggles and just moving forward in life and, and learning all that God is trying to teach us in each season, I feel like this self-awareness thing is very important because sometimes I think we can get so stuck in the habits of our daily life that we no longer see what's right in front of us, you know? One of the things that I thought was neat when I was looking up these different definitions of what it meant to be self-aware was it brought up counseling and how counseling can provide objectivity to us. And it reminded me of the verse I shared in the previous podcast from John 14, 26. And I had shared it from the Amplified Version when it was talking about the different names of the Holy Spirit and the different things the Holy Spirit brings to our life. And one of those words was counselor. And I just thought that was so neat because and how that fits with being self-aware because as you know, we have thoughts pop into our mind all the time trying to tell us who we are or who we aren't. And part of the Holy Spirit's role is our counselor. And he is there to speak the the truth over us in those times. And he has a different um, perception of who we really are. And I just thought that was so powerful. I love that. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. And if you haven't connected with us on social media, we would love for you to do that. You can find us at She Is Network on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't signed up to receive emails and be part of the She Is Sisterhood, which what are you waiting for? Then hop on over to sheisnetwork.com and do that now so you can stay up to date with what's going on. And we also have a special download for you when you sign up just because we like you. Thanks again for listening. There's a parable that's found in Matthew that I feel like kind of goes right along with this whole thought about being self-aware. And it's um, the the parable of the talents, that story you're probably familiar with it, but it's in Matthew 25, starting with verse 14. And I'm going to read it from the message version. And it says, it's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and he delegated responsibilities. To one, he gave $5,000. To another, $2,000. To a third, $1,000, depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and he carefully buried his master's money. 
After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him saying, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2000 showed him that he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him saying, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and you make no allowances for error. I was afraid that I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and I secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take a thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Okay, I want us to notice a couple of things from this parable. Um, first of all, in verse 19, I love how it says, and after a long absence, because do you ever feel like this, that sometimes you feel like God reveals something to you or he speaks to you and then it's kind of like, okay, hang on, <laughs> where did he go? And so I thought that was interesting. And then we see in verse 24 and 25, where the servant who went and he hid the money, he explains why he went and hid it. And bottom line was, he says, I was afraid. Now here is where this thing about being self-aware comes in and is very helpful to our lives. Because why was he afraid? That's what I want us to look at. Why was he afraid? He says it's because he didn't want to disappoint his master. So that was his belief. But was his belief correct? What he was thinking and the story that he was telling himself, was it correct? And this servant could have easily fallen into having a victim mentality because of his wrong belief system, because of the story that he was telling himself, you know, because he could have just said, you know, I was just scared of disappointing the master. You know, I was just trying to do the right thing. And now I'm being picked on and I'm being made to feel bad like I did the wrong thing. I mean, how many times do we do this? How many times do we feel like this ourselves? You know, God is trying to grow us. He's trying to teach us. And we feel picked on and we feel less than because of a wrong belief or wrong perspective. You know, we have got to be able to honestly look at a situation and judge our behavior up against truth, not our feelings. You know, a good teacher always prepares the student. You know, they want to train and they want to teach and they want to do whatever it takes to help this student grasp the truth. And so I guess in a lot of ways, it really comes down to if we really trust that God is a good teacher to us and that he really is taking and working all things together for our good. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we look away from the natural realm and we Fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. He is working to perfect our faith, friends. He's working to perfect our faith. And just like a parent or a teacher that keeps focusing on a particular concept or an area that we're still seeming to struggle with, he just wants us to get it. I love this promise in Philippians 1.6. It says, 
And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What a promise that is for us. But here's the thing, we can't forget that we have a very real enemy, an enemy that wants to steal and kill and destroy us. I mean, before our feet even hit the floor in the morning, he is working on us in our mind and our emotions. But can I remind you that we fight from a place of victory because Jesus Christ has already provided everything that we need to walk in victory. So the battle is in our mind. We have to take our thoughts captive and we have to stand on the truth that has been provided for us and live and walk from that truth. But here's the thing. The tactic of the enemy is to bring confusion. And we can go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. It's exactly what he did with Eve. He wants to bring confusion. He wants to cause us to question what God has spoken to you. Um, Because what did he do to Eve? He turned a statement of truth into a question to Eve when asking about the fruit. He said, did God really say that? And he caused her to doubt, um, to doubt God and what he'd said and to not trust God's intentions towards her. And that's exactly what he does to us. God speaks to us and he reveals his plan for our life as he's done throughout our whole life. And the enemy just ever so cleverly comes and he whispers into our heart and our mind. And he says, did God really say that? So how do we stand against the tactics of our enemy? Romans 12, 2 helps us out. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So how do you know and prove the will of God for your life? You do it by renewing your mind to truth and not the truth that you want to be true, but the truth of who God is and by allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you, to counsel you, and to lead you. So whatever season you're in today or whatever spiritual battle you might find yourself in the middle of, can I remind you that you are not alone. Never, ever alone. And I pray that the peace of God right in this moment would surround you wherever you are and let that be known.